0: Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by talent acquisition expert Gabby Rutia. It's that time of year. It's closing time <laughs> for Mario Cristobal and the Hurricanes as they have to juggle high school recruiting and transfer portal season. Um yeah we got some we got some news to discuss here uh, because we haven't recorded a podcast since last monday so plenty to touch on we'll do that here in a minute want to highlight uh 24 7 has a i think it's a pretty good deal um 50 off annual subscription deal to inside the u which includes uh paramount plus the ability to use paramount plus typically With these subscription deals, uh, you know, we are under the CBS umbrella, the Paramount umbrella, and Viacom umbrella. And um, typically, these deals uh, don't allow you to use the Paramount Plus until you are paying full price. Uh, This deal, this 50% off deal, gives you access to Paramount Plus. Um, So you pay about, I think it's $54 and you get access to Inside the U and Paramount Plus. I believe Paramount Plus, an annual subscription to that service is 50 bucks. Uh, And if you're a monthly subscriber to Inside the U, you can upgrade to this 50% off annual deal and uh, have access to Paramount Plus as well. So Just want to highlight that. I think this deal runs through, I don't know, January 2nd or so. So you got some time to make a decision on that, but I would jump on it now because things are going to get serious here over the next, what, 10 days or so uh, with the early signing period approaching. So let's jump into it, Gabby, and let's discuss the good news on Sunday uh, that Miami received with the commitment of four-star Fort Lauderdale Dillard uh, running back Christopher Johnson. uh, Over 1,500 scrimmage yards as a senior, 21 touchdowns. And Gabby, this is big because he is one of the fastest players in the country.
1: Yeah, 10, 4, 500-meter verified, I think like a 20.6, 200-meter so he's a guy that kind of gets faster as he kind of keeps running, which is which is a big deal, you know, especially as a guy that you know you you try to find him, get him the ball in open space. And I you maybe and even in the return game, I, I think that you know you'll be hard pressed to find someone that's gonna catch him once he kind of gets rolling. So I think adding that elite speed to the roster was something extremely important to Miami. I think that's why they kind of played the long game here with Chris Johnson. Obviously, this was a recruitment that kind of maybe went a little bit longer than Miami would have hoped. But I mean, a lot of scum, I I think it's important to kind of go back and remember how this thing got started. I mean, Christopher Johnson was committed to Rutgers as a junior, gave him an early commitment, and then I mean, some real big dogs in college football kind of came calling to open his eyes. I mean, Georgia was the first to pull the trigger. And then, you know, it was Alabama, it was Oklahoma, it was Texan. I mean, it was like any major program that you can think of kind of started, you know, touching base with Christopher Johnson. And, you know, again, that, that elite speed, you don't just find anywhere. And of course, Miami had to weather a few storms, but ultimately picking up his commitment after that official visit is a really big deal. And, you know again, what he is right now is still kind of unclear is he a traditional running back probably not um you know i think right. he's somewhat he may be more of a gadget guy which isn't an insult like i think people can maybe take that the wrong way uh, but you know he's someone that you got to find a way to put the ball in his hands and i think uh you know that's something that they're excited to do and You bet on that elite speed, uh, you're not going to find many that can kind of, you know, roll the way that Chris Johnson can. I think he's proven that as a senior, had a huge 80-yard touchdown against Chaminade Madonna. That's not something a lot of people can say that they've done. Not a lot of people create those explosives on that team. And uh, Chris Johnson uh, really just kind of blew that really, really stout defense, uh, you know, kind of left them in the dust earlier this year. So Chris Johnson's a huge pickup for them. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, and again, one an example of them closing out on a tight recruitment down the stretch because it did seem at one point he was kind of feeling Ole Miss heavily after that official visit Clemson OV'd him this late in the fall, which is a big deal. He nearly got up to Penn state too. So there was some, there were some options for him and uh, for him to kind of ultimately stay home. Uh, Something he admitted to me, he wasn't necessarily, you know, fully prepared to do. He wasn't certain that he was ever going to play for Miami. I mean, he was really exploring his options. So for Miami to close here at the end is a, is a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's Miami's only first and only running back commit at at the moment in this 2023 class and and you mentioned it you know look uh in terms of being a gadget player to me and this goes to like the best recruits in the country all the way down to me there's no such thing as a perfect player um but to me it's about what are your elite traits um and so that's where i think uh you need to judge any recruit that commits to the University of Miami. What's their elite trait? If things uh go perfectly as planned uh with the development phase, or or if things are just kind of okay in the development phase, do they still bring some sort of elite trait to the field that can impact the game? You can't teach Christopher Johnson speed. Uh, and so you know, our, our, he's not the perfect three-down running back um uh, for various reasons, but he has that home run hitting ability. Um, and you touched on, your right. I know one thing that Mario Cristobal and this personnel department is looking to upgrade significantly at the skill positions is explosiveness. Um, you know, when you look at it, football at any level nowadays, there's a significant correlation between explosive plays and winning. The teams that generate and stop do the best job of generating explosive plays and stopping explosive plays win the most games, you look at Miami this year, they ranked 110th in the country in plays that went for at least 20 yards. Um, All of the college football playoff teams were top 35 in scrimmage plays of at least 20 yards, Georgia, TCU and Ohio state all ranked inside the top 15 of that metric. Um, you know Miami. When you when you boil it down to just run plays, Miami ranked 109th in rushing plays that went for at least 20 yards. They only had nine of those carries on the year, um, and I I got I should have gone back and looked at it, but I would su- I would suspect a lot of those 20 yard runs came against Bethune Cookman, and so you can decide whether or not those really count or not. Um, you know, Miami wasn't really all get all that good at running the ball last year, right. In 2021, but they still generated more explosive plays last year with 13 plays of at least 20 yards on the ground than uh, you know, compared to the nine this year. So it's an area that needs it to improve. I don't know if Chris, Christopher Johnson is going to make a significant immediate impact, um, uh, I think you touched on it, maybe look at him in the kick return phase to see the field first and see if he can grow his role from there. Uh, but down the road, you know, having a guy that can take angles away in the run, you know, pursuit angles away in the run game, a guy that can, if he has a little crease, he can he can score a touchdown. That's thats big. You can't coach that type of stuff. And, and you know, that's, that's what Mario Cristobal is looking to um, you know, establish at Miami. We can get in the weeds about coaching and schemes and all that, but he wants guys that can go out and make plays on their own as well. And Christopher Johnson is that type of running back. You look at 2021, right? Oregon, uh, the ducks were number 16 nationally in runs of at least 20 yards with 25 of those type of yards. So I think it's a good start. I think ideally Miami pairs Christopher Johnson with the bigger body back. Um, we'll probably get into that later in the podcast, but uh, I think you can't teach that speed. Nice get for Miami. They now move up to number seven overall in the country in the 24 seven sports team talent composite at the time of his commitment. So um, they're creeping up to that top five area. And if they close strong here over the next week, um, they'll definitely be in that top five. So, uh, Christopher Johnson, Gabby was one of the visitors to Coral Gables this weekend. There was another big time visitor, um, via the transfer portal that I think will probably be the starting middle linebacker for the Hurricanes in 2023, Tell us who he is and explain why his name will probably sound familiar to people who listen to this podcast
1: yeah, that's that's Washington State transfer Francisco Mauigoa not Francis Goa, Francisco Mauigoa. but yes obviously there is a relation uh that is Francis Mauagoa, Miami's five star offensive line commits older brother, 60 tackles five and a half tackles for loss had like a 95 yard pick six against Oregon this past fall for the Cougars. Uh, he was on my, he was at Miami over the weekend. Francis Malagoa was with him, which I found very interesting. I went to the school on Saturday to catch up with some, with a 2024 kid who was on campus and, you know, saw Francis and his older brother walking out. Francisco Malagoa definitely looks to part. Look, I think he's listed at six, three, two, two 30. 30. Um, you know, I am not going to push back on, on either one of those, uh, measurables, uh, but you know, definitely looks bigger than what Miami currently has at linebacker. Which again, I think is a, a point of emphasis with what, you, what what we're seeing through the high school ranks and who they're recruiting. And then of course, you know, now that they're you know looking to bring in Francisco Malagoa that was a big visit, of course. Obviously, Francis again committed to Miami. Older brother potentially coming to Miami. Um, you know, just kind of asking around and stuff. It does seem like the visit went really well, David. But as we know, with Francis, these are family decisions. And I don't think anything was going to be no decision is ever going to be made in a hurry like that. I think that, you know, they I know they flew out very early Sunday morning to I'm not sure if they went back to You know, I don't know if he went back up to Washington to kind of finish up whatever he has to finish up. Or if he went back home, or whatever the case is, but it sounds like they're gonna make a family decision about what's next for him. I do feel pretty good about where Miami is, but my understanding of the situation, you know, we're seeing transfer portal kids who visited over the weekend making quick commitments on Sunday. We saw a whole ton of them. On Sunday, I think that this is maybe one that can go closer to the the, the early signing period next Wednesday, uh, just to give the family time to, I mean, really pray about it. That's something that, they, that they've that they done. That's something that Francisco Malago told me when I reached him by phone on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if he's weighing another visit. It sounds like that's something potentially he's thinking about is getting out to another school. So I think that could be a situation to monitor, of course. Um, but I do feel good about where Miami is in that recruitment. And I do think that, uh, you know, again, David, like what you said, could be a potential middle linebacker for the hurricanes in 2023.
0: What are your thoughts on him as a player? Cause to me, uh, you know, I think he's, he's a solid, he looks apart six three two thirty. 230 I think he's solid against the run. I think he's solid in coverage. Uh, and nowadays as a middle linebacker, you gotta be able to do both. I think he can do both. Um, you know, I, 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 compare him to like a Justin Flo, right. Uh, the, the Oregon linebacker that's jumped in the portal. He was a five-star guy. Justin flow, no doubt is extremely violent, uh, as a tackler against the run. Um, but there's times where he, uh, misses tackles and also too, I think a question mark with a guy like Justin flow is his ability and coverage. Um, So to me, I mean, I think, you know, Francisco is one of the better middle linebackers available in the portal. And I'm not saying he's, he's going to be like a one and done type of guy, but I think he does have NFL potential. If he keeps improving on this trajectory, this 2022 season was really his first year of significant action. Um, and I think he played well. And, and also, too, I think he would be a nice fit next to Wesley Bassaint for Miami. You got Maui Go in the middle, Besaint working the will. So what are your thoughts on him as a player?
1: Yeah, I think something people don't necessarily realize with him is he was actually like a high school quarterback. So he was kind of like a do-it-all guy in high school. And like you said, David, I think he's on the right trajectory. Uh, I think he got to Washington State at like, you know, 6'3", 2'10" so he's put on good weight. Uh, 2022 was like his sophomore, like, re- I feel like it was the year that he really kind of I don't know, got on the field and made a contribution. And again, I thought he had a really good year. Um, I think he does have the the size and all the things that you kind of want. And I think he, he was pretty, he was productive. I mean, 60 tackles maybe isn't, you know, a, a ton for a middle linebacker type and again generated some negative plays with those five and a half tackles for loss had the huge intercept, you know, in, in a big game against Oregon. Um, And again, I think what you mentioned is, 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 is perfect. The trajectory, right? Again, this is just really his, his second year, uh, you know, obviously in college. And I do think when, if he were to come to Miami, uh, I, I think you have to bet on, you know, the quality of coaching, and that's not a knock on Washington state, but obviously I think Miami has Um, you know, the guys that have proven to develop linebackers, have coached a position in the NFL and all that stuff. So I think, uh, you know, once, if he gets down here, I think you have to feel good about what is still to come from him. So uh, he had a solid sophomore season. I feel like, you know, that, that, that leap to his junior year where obviously he becomes an upperclassman and all that stuff could be big for him uh, as he continues to kind of mature and grow physically. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of the player. I'm a fan of uh, you know, the potential addition, what he brings to the room. I think he's an instant impact type of guy. And, uh, you know, again, I, I would be, I would like what he would bring to the middle linebacker spot, just considering what Miami's thrown out there in the past.
0: Another transfer that visited over the weekend comes from Florida State. That's defensive lineman Jarrett Jackson, who goes 311. What do we need to know about Mr. Jackson?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, big body type uh, Palm Beach Gardens uh, native. I think he went to Palm Beach Gardens High School. Um, I, I mean, again, this is a, this is a bigger body type. I think he had a promising, uh, I think 2021 season for Florida state. He was a regular part of the rotation over the first, I think, I mean, they played a week zero game. So I guess first seven weeks of the season. And then from what I understand, he had a, an injury that kind of held him. I think he was held out for the next few weeks and then never really kind of got fully healthy, was a limited participant in practice. And then, you know, played sparingly the, the rest of the year. So Uh, you know, Miami lost a couple defensive linemen, or three defensive linemen and Daryl Jackson, Jordan Miller, Elijah Roberts. You need to replace those bodies. Do I think Jarrett Jackson is an instant starter or you know, all conference player? I, I I mean maybe not, but he's a veteran who's played a lot of college football, signed with Louisville out of high school before making it down to Florida State. And again, you mentioned the size, David. I mean, those are the type of body types you need on the interior defensive line. And you also have to consider what's available in the portal. You can only recruit what's available, right? And I think uh, when you kind of, you know, you you mine the field and all that stuff, Jarrett Jackson is is someone who's local, who's from South Florida, which is something, you know, that's obviously made sense in the past. Miami didn't have to use an official visit on him to get him down which is big because as we know Miami's limited on, on those official visits and uh you know he seems someone that's legitimately interested so uh again I think it's about maybe just you got to stack a couple bodies there is he the main body that they want probably not but he is right. again someone who's kind of gotten it done at times and can, can can provide some quality depth considering the way that we've seen they want to kind of rotate that defensive line so um you know I do think Miami's in a good spot there he told me he might get up to Michigan State before making a decision. Um, I think maybe Rutgers is, is in the mix there too, but I'm feeling pretty good about where Miami's at if they decided they wanted to go that direction.
0: Yeah, I think we saw this year that Miami's vision for the defensive line is to you know be two and a half to three deep on the D line. And so uh, when you look at it through that lens, adding a guy like Jarrett Jackson does make sense. You know, to me, he's a depth guy, rotational guy. Um, You know, he's played 560 defensive snaps at the college level. So, again, like you said, you know, is he like, you know, Florida State uh, added Daryl Jackson? Is Jarrett Jackson the replacement for Daryl Jackson uh, on the starting defensive line? No, I don't think so, but. Can he be the guy that's, you know, on the second team or third team that gets rotated into the game? Yes, and I think that's just fine. 6'6", six, six, 300, you can't teach that. And he's solid enough to give you 15 to 20 snaps per game, which is the way Miami wants to operate on the defensive line and the way they should operate on the defensive line to keep bodies fresh. Uh, next guy I want to touch on, Gabby, is a wide receiver out of Oregon wide receiver slash running back uh, seven McGee uh, who visited Miami this weekend. Tell us what we need to note there um, with his visit and his honest conversation that he had with Mario Cristobal.
1: Yeah, you know, um, you know, I mean, seven McGee kind of came down to Miami really on his own. And I think uh, kind of knocked on the front door and was just like, Hey, you know, just kind of, Wanted to talk to you guys. You know, I want to be here. I want to play for the Hurricanes. You know, just what can we do? Uh, Kind of came down on his own, hoping. It was an unofficial visit, uh, all that type of stuff. He kind of trains in Miami, uh, wants to be here. But he sat down with Coach Cristobal, the guy who recruited him to Oregon when he was, uh, you know, I think the number one or number two player coming out of the state of New York. Uh, And I think Coach Cristobal, it sounds like Seven McGee McGee has a ton of respect for Coach Cristobal. He was talking about, you know, how, how much he just appreciates him, how much he respects him for being honest, for being transparent with him always for kind of keeping it real. And I think that's what that conversation was about. Uh, basically told him, you know, they they have other needs at receiver, uh, David, like something you've mentioned in the past. I mean, I think the priority is adding outside guys and that was something that was relayed to him, but still he was kind of you know, he's kind of in a waiting pad, pattern to see if Miami kind of decides that they want to move in his direction here over the next week. But right now, he left Miami without an offer. Um, so I think he's kind of just in in, in a place where he's probably, well, he understands he's probably going to have to go play somewhere else. But, uh, you know, he understands where Miami is as a program, wants to be a part of kind of. You know, moving this thing forward and helping him do that, but uh, you know, he's not sure that there's going to be a spot for him. And again, I think that's something that Coach Cristobal and you kind of got to commend him for for having a you know an honest discussion with him about about that and not just kind of stringing him along and you know, right. all those different types of things. So, uh, you know, I thought it was cool perspective from him, a cool perspective to kind of get into the mind and the the way coach Cristobal is with his recruits. You, we've heard him David a million times on Monday press conferences, talk about honesty and transparency. And I think that this is proof that, uh, he does operate that way. And again, I think it goes a long way with recruits. I'm sure it goes a long way with families and things like that. So uh, I thought it was great insight into the way that Mario Cristobal kind of handles these types of situations. And again, I think it kind of just affirms what he says that he does, which is uh, you know obviously a, a really, really big deal in in that profession where there's just it's so easy to get into the mud and to kind of just kind of maybe see like, Oh, maybe we'll bring him along or whatever. So for him to do that the way he did, I think was really impressive.
0: Quickly, we'll, we'll discuss 2024 defensive back Jalen Hayward. He's a top 50 recruit early on in the 2024 cycle um, out of Rockledge High School in Rockledge, Florida. 5'11", 180. He visited Miami over the weekend. Quickly, Gabby, what, what do we need to know here?
1: Yeah, Jalen Harrell. Uh, again, he one of the top saf- safeties or early uh, one of the top early safeties in the class of twenty twenty four. It sounds like Miami made a move there uh, again. This is a kid from the Sunshine State. I'm sure Miami is going to want to recruit. Obviously, uh, Cristobal wants to keep the best players in Florida in the in in the state. Uh, it sounds you know he got a chance to meet with Coach Cristobal just for and, and Coach a, a day for just a few hours, and it sounds like he kind of got a better understanding of the program. Of what's kind of going on at Miami, and I think it helped the program in his mind just be a part of his future plans. Obviously, the attention's going to turn to twenty twenty four here in a few weeks, and uh, you know I think that it's kind of going to be you know immediately turn the page over to the the current juniors, rising seniors, once uh, pen meets paper with some of these guys. So I think Coach Cristobal's already you know obviously prioritized some some of these guys, and I think it was important to get Jalen Harrell down to further establish that relationship.
0: Jalen Hayward Jalen Hayward. There is so uh portal offers were sent out over the last week. Um, you know, we don't need to get into all of them. There was probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 or so offers that were publicly acknowledged by players. I think there's more than that. They're just, you know, some players don't put out there like, Hey, right. I was just offered by Miami, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so again, we don't need to run into all of them. Uh, run through all of them but I do want to touch on maybe two or three um, that you found interesting and maybe could be going somewhere with Miami Um, so I'll let you take this wherever you want to take this Gabby who's who's kind of the first guy right now a week into portal season uh, that you found interesting that Miami offered
1: yeah, I I think we got to start here with some developing news kind of going on. Let's go Texas A&M defensive end transfer. Tunmise Adele. he okay. just posted on Twitter that he's taking a midweek visit uh, starting on Tuesday, I guess running through Thursday uh, down to Miami. He spent the weekend at Michigan State. Uh, again, didn't commit on that visit, which is a big deal because some of these transfers kind of went one and done on these right. visits and pulled the trigger. So he's going to spend the week uh, a few days at least this week, in down in Coral Gables, down in South Florida. And uh, again, being a midweek like that, I think he's going to get a lot of, you know, kind of one on one attention from the staff with from Rod Wright, from Mario Cristobal. Obviously, these guys are kind of jetting across the country to go through some in home visits. But uh, I do think that, I mean, Mees Adelaide is one of the best defensive players in the transfer portal. I'm, I'm going to try to figure yeah, out. He
0: was, he's a guy that, you know, 6'4, 290. He's that SEC-style defensive right. end that can set the edge, and he's also athletic enough to chase down quarterbacks as a pass rusher. He was Texas a and starter, yeah, for the first two games of the season, and then I think he, he dealt with some injuries that limited his playing time the rest of the year. But and it, I don't, he didn't play in the Miami game, I don't think. But no, he was he was expected to be a big-time player for the Aggies this year. Just didn't work out. Um, But I think if if he's healthy um, moving forward, he is a big time addition to whoever lands him for this 2023 season.
1: Yeah, he's the number 11 overall player currently in the transfer portal, according to the 24-7 sports ranking. So um, again, this is the way you want to look on defense. David, you mentioned it's six yeah. foot four, two 290 pounds off the edge. I mean, total SEC body type that Miami's trying to obviously bring to the ACC. So uh, I think that's a really, really big visit, David. I think both of us were really excited about him when he hit the portal and When he hit the portal, I think the feel from Miami was just that, you know, a lot of big dogs are going to be in this recruitment. So the fact that they were able to kind of get in on this, I think is a really big deal because there, I'm sure there's no shortage of programs looking for, you know, a top flight edge defender who can get after the quarterback and also stop the run. So uh, that's definitely an exciting transfer portal trip to kind of monitor here over the next few days.
0: Who else you got? Who else caught your eye in terms of an offer?
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess he didn't really post the offer, but I think it's pretty obvious that he has an offer. That's JV on Cohen, the, the Alabama transfer, uh, more of like an interior offensive lineman, but started 25 games for the Crimson Tide. Uh, I think a Miami fan, uh, I, I got a, a, maybe it was, uh, I mean, I don't know. Someone, someone mentioned that it was, He's only tweeted 63 times in his life. And like the last, his like last three <laughs> tweets are about Miami. So I nice. think you got to be feeling pretty good about Miami. I think that there's an expectation that he gets down here this week. Uh, obviously they're planning a midweek visit with Tunmise Adelaide. So I'm not sure if he will be a part of that or if it, the plan is for him to come this weekend. Obviously this is a massive recruiting weekend, uh, you know, in terms of the high school recruits with it being the last one before the early signing period. So curious if they stack Cohen alongside Tunmise Adelaide or if they kind of bring him along this weekend, but I do think that, uh, that's a recruitment. I think I noted pretty early on last week that it felt like Miami was involved in and felt like they had some early traction. in. so, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about where Miami is in that recruitment. I'm not sure who else is involved, but uh, I I do get the sense that, uh, you know, Miami is definitely one of the high rollers there.
0: I think we've made it clear, like, uh, Miami has made him a priority, right? So, uh, I agree. I, I'm curious what you think about this comp. And again, I don't know how much like offensive line studying either of us has done. But my ex, like, let's say Miami lands Javian Cohen. My expectation for him in terms of like what I think he'll be at Miami, and I don't think this is a bad thing. Uh, but I kind of view him as like a DJ Scaife type of player. I think he could play. At tackle if you needed to. I think ideally he's an inside guy. And I, I've said this in the past about DJ. I think if DJ plays in the NFL, I think it's going to be at center. I feel the same way about JV and Cohen. This is a weird thing to pound the table about, I guess. But <laughs> um, I think DJ Scaife is a similar type of player to Cohen. I think they're, they're, pretty good pass protectors at the college level i think the run blocking there's room for improvement there um but at the college level i think they're both solid offensive linemen
1: yeah no i think that i think that's fair and I, again i think you just kind of i i just think they need to stack bodies on the offensive yeah. line and you know obviously you're gonna lose a couple, I mean, you're gonna lose DJ escape, but even then, I mean, we saw how tremendously thin it got very quickly yep. for Miami. So I think with a, you know, a strong offensive line class coming in uh, that could hopefully, you know, I guess we'll talk about it later, potentially get stronger. Um, I think you need to, you know, add a body at least a body or two to the offensive line guys that can contribute and guys that can create some quality depth too. So Cohen is, is a guy I think would walk into, a, you know, and come in and start. And I think that that would, you know, help move that along for Miami.
0: And I'll give you one more guy. And if it yeah. doesn't overlap, I have a guy too. That's Sweet. interesting. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go Kyron, bars, the Arizona defensive lineman, uh, Miami offered him on Sunday, uh, six foot three, 315 pounds. Uh, you know, he was a second team, all pack 12 defensive lineman in 2021 uh, four year contributor uh, for the Wildcats. a guy that's played a, a lot of football. Again, I think that this is the, uh, I think that this is, you know, again, we're we're talking about stacking bodies on the defensive line. We're talking about rolling deep. And I think that this is someone that, you know, again, makes kind of sense. A guy that's kind of contributed at the power five level, looking for a home. It seems like he's already generated some, some SEC interest, some high level interest in the transfer portal. I think Miami, obviously a part of that, but uh, you know, again, a guy that kind of gets it done in the backfield, 20 and a half, 12 and a half tackles for loss over the last two seasons, had five sacks in 2021. Uh so you know, I do think that this is a quality uh defensive line piece that Miami can kind of go after, David. Who, who who do you got that? I like that.
0: Like? Yeah, so the guy I find to be and it's it's risky going down a level, right? But at, at the FCS level, um Southeastern Louisiana corner, yeah. Zy Alexander tweeted that he has a Miami offer. Went and watched him a little bit. Uh He's interesting he's he's all he's listed at six foot three looks all of it uh, 185, good tackling, solid in coverage. Um, he flashes big time ball skills with you know the ability to pull down one-handed interceptions um, to me, he's a guy that, could be a starter. Uh, immediately at a place like Miami, 6'3", 185. Again, we talk about how Miami wants it, uh, for the most part, to look a certain way across the board. I think Zai Alexander is a big-time talent at corner. I, I think he's one of the more talented guys in general in the transfer portal. So, you know, there are risks that come with judging guys at that FCS level, but I think his talent will translate.
1: Yeah, I, I, he, he was a super, super productive, um, you know, FCS uh, defensive back. I, I think that, you know, that's even a level that produces, you know, even NFL type of talent. I mean, I think you look sure. at Mi- the, the Miami Dolphins, Cater Kohu who was playing at Texas A&M Commerce last year, went undrafted and, you know, has become basically a starter for for the dolphins and obviously, you know, a, a top contributor for them too. So I do think that there's obviously talent there. Miami does have some ties to the state of Louisiana. I think that's an right. area that they would like to recruit. So if uh, I think Zai Alexander, I, I think that might be the only known cornerback uh, offer on the table right now. Maybe there's more that we don't really know about or haven't heard of. I'm sure maybe Tony Grimes, this central Cypress kid have probably generated some interest from Miami but right. uh, that Zy Alexander one it, it is definitely interesting. Again, you kind of talked about the length and uh, you know, the way he kind of just, in, you know, interferes with pass. I think he has like 11 pass breakups, David. I don't know if you, yep. yeah, over the past uh, few seasons. So uh, definitely an exciting, an exciting pr- target that also, uh, you know, picks off passes. I think he had six in 2021. So and just, Zy-
0: just the cursory research I did on him, you know, it seems like he might've been overlooked or he just, he played quarterback at the high school level. So he was kind of a three sport athlete in high school, played quarterback, played a little receiver, I think. And so, you know, switch positions and uh, his athleticism is definitely showing up big time here at southeastern Louisiana. So uh, I'm intrigued. Anything else in the portal? Should we take a break and discuss high school recruiting?
1: Yeah, let's get into some high school recruiting, man. A couple days till le- almost almost a week until the early yep. signing period.
0: Chaos, chaos season uh, with signing day approaching. Uh, we'll get into it here on the other side. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Gabby, there is plenty to touch on at the high school recruiting talent acquisition level as well with Miami. Um, so let's discuss some of the recent developments, I guess. And let's start with Miami's commits um, because I do think, you know, the portal's fun and all that. But I think for Miami, in terms of the talent acquisition uh, that needs to happen, uh, I would argue it's more important for them to get this recruiting class over the finish line sign, you know, add the pieces that need to be added in order to sign a top five class. Because if the goal is competing for championships, you can't do it unless you're stock, you're stacking top 10, more likely top five classes on top, on top, on top of each other. Uh, the portals fun. the portals, a way to supplement and fill holes, um, uh, but championships are won with elite high school recruiting. And so, you know, Miami has a pretty good class committed. Again, number seven. And a lot of other schools want some of these commits that Miami has locked up. Let's talk about Cormani McLean. And, you know, he there was some flirtations there with Alabama last week. It appears... Uh, that that has now been smoothed over and things are okay with Miami. What can you say about that situation and just kind of where things are at now with Cormani and Miami?
1: Yeah, that was, that was definitely kind of a, I mean, I guess the situation is the best way to put it that Miami had to kind of deal with last week. I know that there was, you know, legitimate thoughts into going to Alabama again. I don't know that. I don't believe that there was any like definitive plans. I know that it was kind of a conversation um, you know, I think, uh, you know, maybe true. I think Alabama was in the area kind of had talked with Kormani and his family. Again, I think it was, a, it was a discussion. I don't think it was ever just like set. Kamar on. was going to Alabama, but I do think that that's a fire that Miami had to put out. You know, kind of reported last week Miami was going to go in home on Friday. It seems like that visit, obviously, you know, went a long way towards, uh, you know, putting that away. I think even before that, it kind of got smoothed over. So, uh, yeah, you know, th- these are the types of things that happen. I mean, Cormani McClain yep. currently is the top ranked defensive player in the country. If If yep. we thought that it was just going to be smooth sailing into signing day, that no one was going to try to, you know, pull some stops here with, with Cormani McLean. I mean, that would have been just absolutely silly on our end. So these are the things that happen when you recruit at a high level, other players want the players that you have. That's the way that this goes. Miami wants players that are committed to other programs. Uh, So this is, this is the time of year when things happen, David, you mentioned silly season. That's exactly what this is. I mean, this is, this is the recruiting process. This is what makes it so exciting and so uh, unpredictable, especially in this new era of college football. So, Nonetheless, seems like Miami smoothed that over uh, this weekend, uh, you know, kind of prevents him from doing anything major, considering he has a state championship game on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon. I believe it's a one o'clock game, which means it won't be over till three. And then he's in Fort Lauderdale. And, you know, again, so I think uh, Miami's in the safe zone with Cormani McLean. Obviously, anything can happen. This is recruiting. But I do believe Cormani McClain going to sign with Miami as of uh, the recording of this podcast. So I think that they're feeling pretty confident about that.
0: Antoine Jackson, who is a, another defensive back, he reclassified from the 2024 class to 2023, Fort Lauderdale Dillard, four-star guy. Um, he took an official visit to East Carolina. You reported also last week that you were hearing he might be flirting with Colorado. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, you know, I do think that there was, there's been some discussions and all that stuff with with Colorado, that was, an, that was an understanding that, you know, I was kind of presented with, like that was something that I was presented with last week from someone very close to the situation that's, you know, kind of close to Antoine Jackson and all that stuff. Uh, kind of, they had mentioned ECU earlier in the week, but I kind of had just dismissed it. And then it turns out, you know, he had, he he took an official visit to ECU. So that was a very real thing. I think coming out of that visit, I think the feeling is that he's kind of locked back in with Miami. Um, you know, kind of spending the weekend in Greenville. I think his girlfriend or something is going there to play basketball or or whatever the situation is. But it sounds like Miami's kind of where he's going to end up being. Of course, let's see how this weekend goes. He does. Th- th- this is a free weekend for him. I don't know that he's going to be at Miami. Definitely. But, uh, you know, I think it's just kind of one of those deals where you kind of have to wait and see what happens because he, I think he has been kind of flirting with some of these other schools. And I do think that Colorado and Deion Sanders ha- are trying to kind of establish a presence in South Florida. We've seen multiple prospects. I mean, Brandon Ennis mentioned talking to Deion. Mark Fletcher mentioned talking to Deion. I know that there are prospects at, at, in other schools locally that are having conversations with Colorado as well. So, um, you know, again, I right now, I think that uh, Miami's probably where he's going to end up signing. But uh, again, I think that this is just one of those deals where you kind of have to just kind of watch and see, wait and see what happens.
0: Always interesting in recruiting. Um, Connor Liu, three-star, according to the composite, three-star offensive lineman out of Kennesaw Mountain uh, in Georgia. He's a guy that this Miami coaching staff is very high on as a future starting center for the Hurricanes. He took a an official visit to Auburn, uh, which I think is probably a situation... Um, to keep an eye on. What's your understanding about Connor Liu in Miami right now?
1: Yeah, you know, I think this is one that even caught Miami by surprise when I think he kind of told them that he was going to take this last visit. Uh, Definitely someone people in the program are extremely high on. I think that they view Connor Liu as the center of the future. Uh, Not one that they want to see go, but I think this is another one of those storms that they're going to have to weather. Um, it's kind of unclear right now what, how much of that Auburn visit really impacted things. That was a school he was strongly, strongly considering David. Remember when I think when, when Miami kind of started trending, I think the internal belief was that Auburn was going to kind of pick up his commitment. Uh, obviously he wants to be a pilot. And I think Auburn apparently uh, has like one of the best uh, flight programs in the country. So uh, I think that's uh, co- what happens with Connor Lou. I think it's going to be kind of a waiting game. I've kind of sent out a few feelers on Monday morning to kind of get we'll see what the sense is, and I think that uh, really it's still kind of unknown from Miami's perspective. And uh, these things kind of become become coin flips. Uh, the way we're kind of describing some of the visits, Miami's trying to kind of pull off. You know, these are other situations where Auburn and a new staff with Q. Freeze are trying to pull Connor Lou. And, uh, you know, again, I do think getting him on campus is very telling. The fact that he took the visit is very telling. So I think we just kind of got to wait and see how all this goes. I think Miami, I got to double check, but uh, I know Miami's gone in home already. I'm not sure if Coach Cristobal has yet, but I know that since things reset every week, I would expect maybe even if it's just uh, Coach Mirabal and maybe a couple other staffers to potentially show up, uh, you know, in his his living room again and see if, uh, you know, they can smooth things over.
0: No doubt. And I think one thing to watch with Connor is I think Auburn is selling the ability to play right away. I think their depth chart might be a little more favorable that way uh, compared to Miami. So this, this will be an interesting one to monitor. Is there anyone else to monitor? Is is Connor kind of the only one? I mean, things always happen down the stretch. Um, So you never know, but. As things stand here on Monday afternoon, um, is there anything else to monitor? You think with Miami's commits?
1: I don't think so right now. Again, you never really these things kind of pop up when they pop up. But I think for the most part, the, this class has you know been kind of locked in. Um, you know, again, I'm not like I'm not going to say no. Like, there's definitely nothing yeah. else that could possibly happen. That would be. That would be ridiculous there's on my end. You're aware of. There's nothing that I'm currently aware of right now. But again, I I, mean, I think this time last week, I think I would have said the same thing. And obviously we saw what happened with with Connor Liu and uh, the Cormani McLean situation. So this is right. this is the this is the grit and grind time of this cycle. And, uh, you know, I think that this is obviously there's a, a, a free weekend ahead and you never really know what happens. But as of Monday morning, there's no one else that I'm necessarily super concerned of right now.
0: I may have some big announcements upcoming this week uh, with targets, key targets um, in five star offensive tackle Samson Okanlola, who hails from Thayer Academy in, in Massachusetts, and four star defensive lineman Ruben Bain, who ranks inside the top 100 nationally. He hails from Miami Central. Plan right now, as we understand it, Samson Okanlola is going to announce at his high school on Thursday, December 15th um, at four o'clock. And Ruben, this is kind of up in the air. And honestly, I mean, he wants to make a splash and I've never heard of this, so I'm here for it. Uh, But Ruben's plan, last we heard, is that he's going to indicate somehow during his state championship game against American Heritage Plantation, maybe after a sack, Uh, Where he's going to commit. And it sounds like it's a battle between Miami and Florida State for Ruben Bain. Sounds like it's a battle between Miami and Florida for Samson. Um, Let's start with Samson, Gabby, because it seems like this one seems like this one's the closer of the two. And it seems like this one, as things stand Monday afternoon, might be a coin flip.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it and again I think I think people might hear this and say like oh that's such a cop out just say oh it's a coin flip anything can happen you guys don't know what's going on but I think that that's just the reality of the situation and uh look I, I think that Samson and Lola has been you know I, I I think he's it sounds like he's communicated with Miami through every step of this process uh, yep. I I think that that's important to kind of know and understand that Miami's very much in the loop of all the different moves he's making Uh, he's not kind of being sneaky about what he's doing, at least maybe, maybe publicly, it seems that like, you know, he's moving in silence, but it sounds like, you know, he is giving Miami the respect of kind of telling them what he's what's going on, which is a big deal. And look, yeah, he took a late visit to Florida and that obviously I think made things tighter then maybe they have been, it, maybe then it's been in the past, but this is what happens with these high profile recruitments. Again, you rarely go just coast to coast with an uncommitted prospect and just kind of, again, to expect smooth, smooth sailing is, is just kind of off base. So uh, let's kind of just see how this goes this week. Again, I'm sure that Miami will send representatives up to Brockton, Massachusetts to, to kind of talk to Samson, Ock and Lola give their last shot ahead of that Thursday commitment. Uh Again, I think it's a coin flip, David. I, I don't think that it's been a secret that NIL is a factor in this recruitment as well. Um, if that's the case, you know, as I think I wrote on Sunday evening, just kind of to our subscribers, I think that it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Cause Miami, obviously an NIL powerhouse, Florida an NIL powerhouse. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this kind of goes down the stretch. And so I, I think Miami sold Akin Lola on the on-field development and that aspect of it a long time ago. Based on what we've read from Samson, Ock and Lola coming off the Florida visit, it sounds like he's comfortable with the development and the opportunities available at Florida as well. So um, let's see how this goes. And again, this is why this new era of college football that we've been talking about makes things so unpredictable because things things can change on Thursday at noon, you know, like a decision could get made 10 minutes before he announces That's just the way that this is going to go. This is going to be back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until he announces. So I just think that this is a situation we need to ride out, kind of go with the ebbs and flows of it. And Miami will get a shot to close here. Florida will get a shot to close here. And we just need to kind of see how the chips fall when, when he announces at his school on Thursday.
0: And I think, you know, touching on the NIL element, I think a big part of the pitch, you know, from a Miami perspective is which NIL situation will Samson trust more? You know, do you trust being the LifeWallet athlete where, you know, there's evidence, they can show proof of like, look, um, we do NIL this way that we believe in, where you're promoting a company and you essentially get paid, I don't know, every two weeks or or whatever Uh, the situation is with LifeWallet, or do you trust a collective model? which is uh, Florida's model for NIL, um, which I think, you know, I think, I don't know specifically about Florida, but around the country, some collectives have not made good on what they promise recruits. And so I think that's going to be a a big pitch with Lola this week. Um, And you're right. We'll see, you know, you mentioned things going back and forth until the last minute. That's kind of how the Shamar Stewart uh, recruitment went on national signing day um, last year. Right. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Eventually Shamar's camp made the decision they made basically, I don't know, 30, 15 minutes before Shamar was set to announce and they, they announced where they announced. So this one is going to go back and forth up until he makes a decision. So uh, we will see where the chips fall there. Ruben Bain seems like there's more, there's confidence there, Gabby, um, in general within the industry that Miami's going to close on, on Ruben Bain. Correct.
1: Yeah. I think that's been the feeling here the last few weeks. And look, The Auburn smoke was very real. The Louisville smoke was very real. But I was talking to people, you know, sources close to the situation. And I think Miami really felt good about the situation, regardless of whether Auburn kept that staff together. And if Rock Bellatoni was still with the Tigers and all that stuff, if Scott Satterfield was still with the Cardinals. And yeah, maybe it would have been a little tighter, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, maybe uncomfortable. But I, I think that there was confidence that Miami was, you know, in position to kind of close out on this recruitment. I think that they always had this last official visit weekend in their back pocket where they're going to try to kind of close things out. Obviously, they're in position to do so now if he's announcing commitment on Friday and then set to officially visit over the weekend. I mean, I think it would be strange to commit to Florida State on Friday and then show up to Miami on Saturday or whatever it is after your game for an official visit. So I do think Miami's in a good spot here. Obviously that's, that could happen, but I do think that there is, you know, there's been growing confidence over the past few weeks that Reuben Bain was Miami's to have. And I, I expect, you know, that to be the case. Of course, we have to continue to see what happens here over the next week. But right now, I mean, I put in my crystal ball for Miami and Reuben Bain. I feel like I was kind of reserved with that one when, uh, when it was, you know, obvious, you know, where, when, when it was, you know, over the course of the cycle, it's easy to tie Bane to Miami. I feel like I was kind of, you know, patient with it. And I do feel good about where that sits right now, heading into a potential Friday announcement.
0: I think we should say too, you know, it, it sounds like Under Armour slash ESPN. So Ruben's playing in the Under Armour game, yeah, uh, which is televised on ESPN. They're trying to get Ruben to announce on the 21st. So if things get pushed back, that would be a reason. Um but yeah, I agree with you in terms of like reading the tea leaves. He plans to announce uh, on Friday and then take an official visit to Miami that weekend. Um, make of that what you will. On the flip side of that type of thinking, though, Gabby, I do think it's fair to say, you know, if you're following the visits and and you know going on logic. It would seem like Florida probably has an edge for Samson. Would you push back on that? Because how many times has, I mean, Samson's taken many secret official visits to Florida. Um, He's taken two within the last month. uh, One of which being an official visit. Um, It does seem like Florida has some real momentum here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, rem- I remember coming off of paternity leave and, uh, you know, that was one of the things that I had heard, I think at the time where Florida, I don't even know how much it was being discussed, but you know, over those two weeks that I was kind of out, you know, just kind of talking to people about Samson, I think that there was growing belief that Florida was a real player. And I think the day I got back, I kind of said like, look, Florida is an absolutely a player in this recruitment. And I think since then he took that you know, unofficial visit that was supposed to be kind of quiet that kind of got out. And then of course, finished it up here with an official visit, you know, his, his last weekend before his commitment date. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair, of course, just considering that he took this final visit that Florida might have the edge. But, you know, again, kind of just talking to people, I think Miami still feels good about they what still feel kind good. Of, right. yeah, they still feel good about what they've displayed to him over the course of this cycle, kind of going back to that last official visit weekend in, in the month of June um, and then the relationship that they've been kind of been able to build. I think that there is belief that his parents are, you know, big fans of the city of Miami. You can see themselves potentially here. Uh, believe that obviously there's opportunity in the city, given the fact that it's an international city and all those different types of things. So I think the city of Miami has kind of checked all the boxes for the family. And then again, Aak and is taking a very business like approach, and uh, you know, there's not there's not a much more diverse place in the country, a place where you know there's you know, just opportunities in just a billion different aspects of life than the city of Miami. And again, I think that obviously plays a big factor. So I do think that Miami still feels pretty good about where they stand, but obviously they are very aware that Florida is a realistic destination for him. So it's just one of those things that you kind of have to just continue to chip away, kind of remind him of all the things that made him kind of fall in love with Miami initially.
0: Let's go rapid fire on some other targets that Miami's looking to close with now. Uh, Down the stretch. So let's keep this as quick as possible. Running back Mark Fletcher, four star at American Heritage. What's the latest there with Miami?
1: I think it's a big deal that he's officially visiting Miami this weekend. Um, He had that Florida visit a school he's kind of been tied to since backing off Ohio State. I think the hope was that he maybe sh- either committed to them or just kind of shut down the process. I don't think that they're thrilled that he's going to go see Miami this weekend because we've seen how that's played out in the past in terms of Mario Cristobal getting the last visit. Uh, I got a call this morning from someone relatively close to the situation saying Florida's trying to talk him out of that. He's kind of expressing to them that he feels like he needs to take it. So I think it's good that Miami's going to get Mark Fletcher on campus this last weekend ahead of the early signing period. His teammate
0: four-star corner Damari Brown.
1: Uh, Went to Florida State this weekend alongside his brother, Devontae Brown, the UCF transfer who was on an official visit to Florida State. Damari accompanied him up there. Uh, I do think that Miami still I mean, just last I checked in over the weekend. Hey, you guys worried uh, that that Demari's back up at Florida State. I, I, the response was no. <laughs> so I think Miami still feels pretty good about that. I think Alabama is probably still the school to watch, you know, talking to, to Damari. Uh, a couple weeks ago, after his state semifinal win, he told me that it was he was down to Alabama and Miami, and Florida State was a little bit involved. I don't know how much he was totally feeling that at the time, and Clemson was out. So I still think that this could potentially be an Alabama Miami battle, and uh, let's see if uh, you know Mario Cristobal can go you know toe to toe with his uh former boss and Nick Saban and pull out a, a defensive back that obviously they've been recruiting for a long time.
0: And a relatively new name to know, uh, Michigan commit. Uh, four-star defensive lineman Eno Etta uh, out of Covenant Christian Academy in, in Co- Colleyville, Texas. Uh, again, Michigan commit friendly with, with Collins, Akiya Pong, correct, who flipped from Michigan to Miami. Um, is there a chance he visits this week?
1: I, I think that there's a chance. I think that's something that Miami's definitely working on. We've obviously seen multiple times over the course of the fall that miami will sneak guys in um i think if miami does get him down we probably won't know until he's actually here and again i think that's the way that they prefer it um so i know miami's making a late run at the michigan commit again david i think you mentioned he's very close with colin to and pong so we'll see if he ends up down in coral gables i wouldn't be surprised if miami sent some more representatives to to coffeeville texas to sit in his living room again and, and try to get him maybe down to Coral Gables this weekend. But, uh, you know, I think Miami feels like that's one that they can kind of chip away at. So uh, we'll see if he kind of pulls into Coral Gables. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, uh, you know, on campus next weekend. But let's kind of see how this situation kind of plays out. And another
0: guy, uh, Shadarian Harrison, uh, three-star corner at a Lakeland High School, currently committed to Pittsburgh. So he's he's the teammate of, of Miami commit Cormani McLean. 61170. Um what's what's the situation there? Is Miami gonna make a late push here and you know try and get him in this class?
1: I think that's something that they can definitely do. We saw that they offered. I think that was the first big step in all this. And of course, when DeMarcus Van Dyke went to Lakeland to watch Cormani McLean in his state semifinal game, uh, and Harrison picked off two passes. I think that they, I think, you know, he left pretty impressed with what he saw there. I think the staff is on board with him as a, as a cornerback prospect. And again, I think the offer is very telling. So, Another Like I mentioned earlier, weird situation. They play a Saturday state title game. I think if there's a situation where they get them on campus, it would have to be obviously a a, a cut down trip. It wouldn't be a full official visit weekend, but uh, we mentioned that Damari Brown's kind of looking at Alabama really hard. We'll see how much of a move Florida State made. Jakeem Jackson, the Florida commit. I think he's kind of settled in with the Gators because he has no more official visits to use did tell Blake Alderman of Swamp 247 that Miami is coming at him very hard. So we'll see if Miami could pull a rabbit out of their hat, uh, you know, this week and figure something out. Um, And then uh, Jermaine Matthews, the Ohio State commit, kind of shut down his recruitment, kind of put an end to the Miami speculation uh, with them offering and him kind of, you know, telling me that he was pretty much planning to come down this final visit weekend. So I think Shadarian Harrison, you need to have backup plans and then you need to have backup plans for your backup plans. I don't think Shadarian Harrison should be considered like, you know, a backup plan, but, you know, I do think that he's someone that emerged late for them that they do like enough to offer and hope that they can flip him from that Pittsburgh commitment.
0: Stan Quan Clark, four-star linebacker, Miami central currently committed to Louisville.
1: He officially visited Cincinnati. Of course, that's where a lot of the Louisville staff ended up after Scott Satterfield took the job um, over there. He is committed to Louisville. Uh, But again, I think that he's kind of still weighing his options. Again, that's not the staff that he committed to. I'm not sure he'll get back up to the Derby City before making a commitment. He is going to be at Miami this weekend for an official visit alongside Ruben Bain and a couple of others. I think this is what you brought Mario Cristobal in here to do, and that's close out with top targets, uh, Stanquan Clark, Dade County Kid, Uh, I think it's one that you got to keep home. Obviously, four linebackers committed. I think Stan Quan Clark is the one that they might like best of any of them, and I think that's what they're relaying to him. So flipping Stan Quan Clark from Louisville is a top priority, and uh, I think that this weekend will go a long way in their efforts to do so.
0: Xavier McLeod, four-star defensive tackle, committed to South Carolina. Miami's made a push to flip. Sounds like maybe they've lost some momentum
1: there. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen. I was trading uh, some DMs with him today and uh, asked him about, you know, that in-home visit last week. He finally got back to me. Uh, He basically told them that, you know, it doesn't sound like he's going to go there. Um, He I think he's kind of locked into that South Carolina commitment. I think the way the Gamecocks finished their season obviously was huge. He did – McLeod did come down to the Florida State game. Uh, You know, Shane Beamer's team ended up going on to uh, beat Tennessee. uh, I think it was – it might have been in Knoxville. Regardless, like a top-five Tennessee team um and then they beat clemson uh ending a a very long winning streak for the for the tigers in death valley so i think he's obviously excited about the in-state program i think it was always an uphill climb and the way that that program finished off their season i think kind of solidified mcleod so i don't see that one happening
0: last one to touch on and we'll get out of here uh conrad hussey four-star safety at a saint thomas aquinas in fort lauderdale
1: yeah, Miami's been working on this one. Uh, he did officially visit Florida State. I think it's the first official visit, not to Penn State, that he's taken this process. I don't even think he's taken many visits. I I don't know that he's gonna officially visit Miami this weekend. I've been asking around like crazy over the past forty, the twenty four hours, and I can't seem to get a firm answer on whether he's coming. I would imagine if he's going to see Florida State, maybe he gives Miami a look. Um, I don't think that that plan is kind of set in stone to see if that actually ends up happening. But it, it is a situation. That Again, that I think uh, is going to be worth just kind of paying attention to because uh, Jamal Adai did go to St. Thomas Aquinas to watch Conrad Hussey play uh, before he kind of made the move over to American Heritage to watch Tamari Brown. And I do think that that's someone he really likes. And obviously Miami, uh, just one safety in the class in, 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 um, in Caleb Spencer. And so I think that they would like to add someone else. Conrad Hussey someone that I think they see some value in from multiple spots on the defense. I'm curious to see if they end up getting him on campus, but right now I don't think that there are any plans for that.
0: All right. Good stuff. Gabby touched on most of the stuff to know, I think, but uh, Gabby does a great job every day on the website. Again, 50% off deal includes Paramount plus subscription, jump on that deal. A lot of value there. Um, also too, want to highlight, you know, we had a last podcast. We uh, mentioned that we're looking for some sponsors here in 2023 for the podcast uh, 250 a month. Um, we got two sponsors locked in. Uh, plenty of people reached out, but uh, we got two more spots to fill. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Just have a have a conversation, no pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we can even talk some canes on the phone with you, uh, because uh, we definitely have, I had some good conversations about the canes with the sponsors we locked in. So, uh, lake.david@gmail.com is is my email. Gabby's DMs are open on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, reach out if you're interested. Again, we uh, we did a million downloads for 2022. let go. Decent little number for our little podcast here. So uh, appreciate everyone listening. And uh, if any any big time breaking news pops, you know we will bring you an instant reaction podcast. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Till next time, take care. <laughs>